All right. Well, hello, everybody. I'm uh, actually very excited to announce this is my very first podcast, and I'm super honored to have somebody incredibly special in my life who happens to be my baby brother. Now, he's not that much younger, okay? He's just a little, a tiny bit younger. But he is my brother nonetheless, and I'm incredibly proud of him and how well he has done and how successful he has become. So my brother is Vince Guncio, and he lives in the Carlsbad area with his adorable children, my niece and nephew, Gianni, who's going to be 17 here pretty soon. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my niece Mercedes, who's now 13, right, or going to be 13? Uh, she's 13 and a half, yes. 13 and a half, actually going to be 14. So sucky yep. aunt, forgot exactly how old she is. But <laughs> they all are growing so fast now, and uh, I'm pretty proud of them. So, Vince, I'd like you to just give us a little rundown about yourself. Tell, tell us about your, your life and what's going on, and um, fire away. Okay. Well, um, like Marguerite said, is uh, I live in Carlsbad, California. I moved down here uh, almost four years in June. Um, if you go to my website, vinceconcio.com, you'll see that with my bio, uh, I've been in the real estate mortgage business about 16 years, uh, actually almost 17 years. And I got into it when Marguerite, uh, I'd gotten out of the Navy, and she called me up and said, what are you doing? I was like, working an $8 an hour job. She said, come out to California, we'll make a lot of money. So I did, and we did. And had a pretty good run out of it uh, until the market crashed in 2006. Uh, in 2006, not only did the market crash, but my wife of 18 years also passed away of cancer. So I, I had a really rough spot between the combination of the market meltdown, losing my wife, and just everything that happened with that. And I got into a slump that I could not dig myself out of. Uh, around 2009, uh, I lost you know, I filed, ended up filing bankruptcy, and I ended up losing my home. And me and my two kids just kind of picked up and decided we were going to start over. We moved to Carlsbad, didn't really know anyone, uh, didn't know anything about the area other than it was near the beach, and I wanted to be near the beach. And so I got plopped down in the middle of a place that I had no clue about and had no job, no connections, nothing. And so I, uh, I just started picking up the phone. I did open houses. I, I joined the Board of Realtors. Actually, I never sold a house before I moved down here. And, <laughs> I remember um, that. I was like, you're going to go sell real estate? Yeah, I mean, I was a loan guy. And uh, and I struggled for a while, but um, it took me about, I don't know, just kind of bouncing back and forth. It took me about eight months to really land on my feet, and then I just sprinted from there. Um you know, so my business is entirely attorney referral and past and present client referral based. Um, I do not market to the public. I don't do flyers, ads, you know, bus stops, any of that stuff. Um, and I'm currently ranked out of I think there's 28,000 licensed agents in San Diego County. Last year I was number 165. That's uh, pretty amazing, Vince. I have to give you huge kudos, you know, for doing that. Um, you know, obviously I was pretty. Pretty distraught that you moved away from me, from your big sister. Um, but, you know, I can't blame you for going to the beach. I mean, it's a pretty right. awesome place. And, you know, what you've been able to accomplish is incredibly impressive, especially in a really challenging market. So, you know, I guess I would – I have, you know, a few questions. Um, when you started um, the real estate stuff down there and things started to go well, kind of what was that first, like – oh, my gosh, I got this. What was your first, 
aha that this was really the path you would want to choose? Uh, when I could pay my bills and actually have some money left over. There you See, go. For me, the, I, didn't, I don't have the luxury of having a traditional job. I came down here, you know, my kids were 12 and 10 at the time, and, uh, or 12 and 9 at the time, and I'm a single dad. So I had, to, I had to have flexibility in my job, and I had to have flexibility in, you know, going to the school functions and all that because that's very important to me. Um, so I had to – and not, not being successful wasn't an option. I'll be honest. I went down and applied for food stamps. It sucked. I was like, I do not want to be here. You know, I, and, you know, you always kind of go, oh, I'm not one of those people. And I was one of those people. And um, it was sink or swim. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I really had to dig deep. You know, what, what am I afraid of doing? And if you, if you kind of take a step and, back and, and you look at your business and you go, okay, what, are, what am I afraid to do? That's usually what's keeping you from the success you want. You know, it's funny that you say that because a friend of mine um, used to always say, if you have a fallback plan, you'll fall back. Right. (laughs) You know, know. so people are always like, well, I'm going to do this, but if that doesn't work out, I'll do this. And when you, like you did, you had no options. You had to, you know, there's no way out but through, so you had to just move forward. Yeah, and you have to, you know, you, you get rejected and you get screwed over. I mean, I ran into some shady, shady people when I first came down here because I had no clue. And, um you know, I got taken advantage of by some folks, and I got run over by some people, and, you know, I went head-to-head with some, some giants, and I didn't back down, you know, no, you and uh, I think just the, the fact that, like you said, you know, I burned, I burned the, the boats behind me, not literally, you know, I still had the option of, of moving back and everything, but for me, there's, I didn't come to San Diego to be mediocre, I came down here to dominate, and that is my mantra. Yeah. How, tell me really kind of what you do in a day. Like what do you do to really stay productive and focused on a day-to-day basis? Because I think, I think one of the challenges that many people have is they all kind of look at the end, you know, the end of it, and that's where they want to be, but they forget that there's baby steps and there's stuff you have to do every single day to be successful. So what would you say are the things that you do on a daily basis to, to stay focused and stay productive? Well, the first thing I do is I make time for me. Okay, some people meditate. I work out. I go to CrossFit or I go on a hike or I do something for me first thing. And that time is not negotiable. Um, I do not come into work before 10 o'clock. I drop my kids off to school. That is my time. When I get in the office, that time also allows me to kind of think of my day, what's, you know, what are my stressors, how am I going to react. And, and it really helps me to control my day instead of my day controlling me. Because right. you know how it is. If you, exactly. In one transaction, I don't know, how many, how many people do you have involved in one transaction? A lot. You know, Too seller. many. <laughs> Too many, right? Well, at any given time, I have 17 to 20 listings, so I have all those people. Um, and so I, I try to you know, come into the day calm. Um, I have my daily tasks. Here's the things I have to do, the feedback and all, you know, who I need to contact and what I need to do. I have my goals for the week, the, the month, the year, and the rest of my career in front of me. So I know exactly if I'm really busy, I don't have to think about it. But if I'm slow, I look at, I look at the little piece of paper taped above my desk saying I need to sell $59 million more in houses between now and next September. What do I need to do? And uh, that's what keeps me going is that I'm real clear on where I want to be you know, you and I both went through a – we had a really good ride last time, and then it really sucked for a while. 
and everyone goes, God, just give me one more good market, right? Yeah, so I won't piss it all away. <laughs> yeah, and so you, I, I honestly believe that you know, you'll get that extra opportunity, that next opportunity. But if you don't, if you don't remember what happened last time, you're just going to repeat yourself. And then in about six years, when this market crashes and burns again, there's going to be people like me that are able to retire, and there's going to be people that spent it all, have the fancy car, the fancy house, and all that other stuff, and a bunch of debt, and then they're going to lose it all again. Right. So. So. There's something that you said that you do with um, – tell me a little bit about how you've gotten in with the attorneys and what you do to get business from them and maintain those relationships. How did you start that? Well, you know, it, if you're listening to this, you're probably in the real estate mortgage business, I would assume. And what I – I don't know why it took me so long to get this, but I realized that, you know, first of all, Realtors, we think that we're the top of the food chain, right? We think that everything starts with us and it all filters down. And so if you have that mentality, you're never going to be successful business to business. Um, what I think what helps me is that I was a mortgage guy for so long, I was used to kissing realtor butt, you know, mm-hmm. and I knew that I wasn't the top of the food chain. And what I look to as a model is my title reps. I have these two gals that come by my office every week. They call on 100 offices a week between them and very successful. But they just they call on offices. They make calls. They're you know they don't they don't take it personally if someone's like no I, I'm not going to use you. They're just consistent. Like a milk and route is what I call it. You have a route, right? Some people farm an area. Well, why wouldn't you farm a bunch of businesses? So my Tuesdays are I'm taking donuts. As cold, stupid as it sounds, I take donuts and cookies to all my attorney offices, and that that's my sales route. And and. And so you've come up with kind of a list of offices that you call on? Well, yes and no. I mean, how I, how I pick them is that if you just try to cold call in an office, it doesn't matter what you bring in. You're not going to get past the gatekeeper, especially in the legal field. Um, but every industry has a professional organization. So if you're going after family law attorneys, there's the, what is it called? It's the American Association of Matrimonial Lawyers. And there's a couple different um, attorney-based um, professional organizations, kind of like we have the multiple listing service, uh, right. mortgage, mortgage brokers and bankers have the MBA and, and whatnot. So if you want to get in front of attorneys, you go to what they're part of, right? And you go as an affiliate. You join the organizations and you support them. Again, you're not the top of the food chain, right? And so once you're a member of their professional organization, now you have a reason to call them. So, like, if I was trying to get in front of you, Marguerite, and I was a loan officer, if I just cold called you and said, hey, I got the best rates, the best programs, I'll never get through to you, right? Right. If I call you up and, I, and I've, I've researched you and I know that you, you know, based on your website, because people like to tell about themselves, and your Facebook, I can say, hey, you're a, a master's member of the Placer County Association of Realtors, lifetime member. If I get involved with the Placer County Association of Realtors and their master's um, you know, group as an affiliate, no longer am I calling you as a, hey, I'm a mortgage guy and here's my rates. I'm calling you um, I'm calling you, and I'm saying, hey, Marguerite, this is Vince with, you know, blah, 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 mortgage, calling you on behalf of the Placer County Association of Realtors Master's Club Association. How are you? Totally different call, funny. right? It goes, yeah, it goes right back to, um, like, Harvey Mackey is one of my favorite authors, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he talks about just good old-fashioned networking is getting to know people. 
And right. I think in this in this social media age is that people have forgotten that the best way still to get business is face-to-face, is getting in front of them and getting to know them and who they are, good old-fashioned networking, right? Yeah. But what do people do? They send out, well, I could buy a 1,000 email addresses and just send out an email, and if I get one, <laughs> yeah, but if you don't get one, you spend a bunch of money and, and time, and it went into spam. Exactly. And so I'll give you an example. I met with this gal the other day, and it wasn't a great appointment. I, I walked away from it kind of going, eh. But um, I, I reached out to her on LinkedIn, which is a fantastic tool to get in front of people because people add you for no other reason than you're on LinkedIn. Right. I reached out to her. I said, hey, we have a lot in common. We should get together. You know, let me buy you a cup of coffee. And um, I have some ideas that I think we can really help us do business together. And as I researched her, it turns out she went to the same high school I went to up in oh, Grass really? Valley. Well, she went to Nevada Union, right? Oh, wow. And who puts that on their professional page? Um, <laughs> so when I sat down to her, I'm like, I can't believe you went to Nevada Union High School too. And she goes, really? And bruh. Then the conversation is no longer about me trying to sell her something. It was about high school. Right. So finding commonality is easy. Um, LinkedIn is a fantastic tool to get in front of people if you, can't, if, if you don't have the budget or the desire to join a professional organization. Right. Um, and then you just got to you know, figure out what your value add to those people is or your commonality and pick up the phone. So what do you think your single biggest thing that most pe- most business people get wrong? What do you think or what do you think is the biggest mistake you've made in your career? <laughs> the biggest? Um, <laughs> goodness, where do you start? Um, you know, that's a tough one. I, I think that um, people take no for an answer. And, I, you know, we both have kids, and, and you, if you think about the perfect salesperson, like my son, kid does not – if I tell him something, he will not take no for an answer. He will get to the point where I'm just like, I don't care here, go take it, whatever. <laughs> Eventually right? he and gets the sale one way or another. Huh? <laughs> he gets the sale one way or another because he doesn't take no for an answer, right? And I think that – and I, I do this myself. is like that fear of rejection is huge, that fear of – the what if, right? And it's always worse than in your mind than it is in actuality um, because it's never personal to the other person. But right. if, you, if, you could run a, if you could do one thing and, and, and you were not afraid of someone saying no, think about what would be different in your life. Yeah. Right? I mean, as guys, you know, that, that you know, like I'm, I have a, the best-looking girl in the world. I, I would never have been able to approach her like in a, I would have been afraid of rejection, right? right. Um, and there's so many things in my life that you just sit there and go, you know, I would do that, but but or what if? Right. And if you didn't right. think about that, your business would be amazing. Yeah, I think you know my one of my favorite quotes is the the, the poster by Michael Jordan, you know, and mm-hmm. I have it outside of my office, uh, and I've had it out there since uh, 1996 when I opened my company. And I'll read it real quick. And it's, uh, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. And 
I just love that quote because I think I 100% agree with you. I think people are more afraid of no and more afraid of making mistakes, which really holds them back. You know, it's like, what would you do if if no wasn't an option? What would you? How would you move forward? Right. What What is your? Recently, I wrote a letter, and I don't know if you got my letter of the heart yet, yet this Thank month, you, but sir. my letter was about what is your version of success. I think that um, what I've figured out in life is that not only do people's versions vary so greatly, but even individually they change on a regular basis. You know, what right. was important to me 10 years ago is not as important to me now. And So what would you say is your version of success? What does that look like for you? Well, you know what's funny? Because it used to be, before my wife passed away, it was to make a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I always thought if I made a million dollars a year, I would be successful. And, but I also wanted to be a good parent. Well, when my wife passed away, I didn't have a choice but to be a good parent because I couldn't go out and make a bunch of money and do that. So I had to find that balance. Um, I'm happy with where I'm at with my relationship with my kids. You know, they're teenagers, so you know, take that for, with a grain of salt. But <laughs> it's no longer for me – um, to make a million dollars, I mean, I still want to be, you know, in the top 25 agents in San Diego County, and I'm I'm narrowing in on that. Um, but I, I have, you have different areas of your life. You have your, you know, your business, your physical, your spiritual, your relationships and stuff like that. Um, for me, success is, will I be able to retire in six years and six months with the money I need to have in, in the bank with my kids you know, I've raised my kids successfully to where they're out and they're not, you know, still living at home at 24. I'm in a great relationship, you know, with my girlfriend Stacy, and, you know, money's not no longer an issue. Right. And I'm real clear on what that picture looks like for me and what I need to do to get to that point on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly basis. That's awesome. I think that the key is that, you know, we talk about this a lot, is that, you know, you not only do you need to know where you're going, you don't really know how need to know how to get there. I'm one of those ready, shoot, aim kind of guys, um, but you at least need to know where you're heading. So if you're going to New York, you don't necessarily need to know how to get there, but you kind of got to know what it looks like. You know, you where, what direction. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you the how will co- will come to you if the why is strong enough. I love that. that that's a tweetable right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I made that up on the spot. There you go. So if you could recommend only one book, what would it be? What's your favorite book? All right, well, my favorite business business book, and I know this is going to come across strange, but I love Donald Trump, okay? And he's got a book, you know, Think Big and Kick Ass. And the reason I like him is because he's unapologetically successful. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't – he doesn't, you know, he worked, I don't care how he got his money, he did better, you know, if he inherited it all, great, but he took that and ran with it. And I think we all inherit something. It may not be billions of dollars, it may not be, you know, connections or anything, but we all inherit something. You know, like you and I inherited a kind of a work ethic, you know, look at our family and how all of us have done well as siblings. Um, right. You know, yeah, we mom didn't, mom and dad didn't leave us anything, but you know, we're both, you know, all of us are hugely successful in the industries we've chosen. Right. Um, and I love that book because, you know, he just says, you know, think beyond what you think you can do, between him and Anthony Robbins, um, and just do it. You know, I, I took my boys um, last summer to the Tony Robbins um, 
event there in San Jose and um, unleash the power. Right. And it was an incredible event. Everyone should do that in their lifetime at least a couple times because it, it was incredibly powerful. But the thing that I got the most out of was my son Jacob, who um, has a tendency sometimes to kind of hold back. He's he's really sensitive and, and right. uh, sometimes struggles with self-esteem. And one of the things they have you do is walk on fire at the end of the first night. And he panicked. He didn't want to do it, right? And he got really freaked out about it. And he decided to leave. He said, I'm going to leave the event. I'm like, okay, you know, I don't want to force him. So he leaves the event, and I was kind of sad because I really wanted to to see him do it. And about 15 minutes later, he came back and he says, all right, I'm in. He goes, I don't want to have any regrets. And it was so powerful to me, not only just in that moment, but then when he actually accomplished it, that I think that's such a huge symbol for, for all of us is that we want to do everything we can to just not have any regrets. And um, Donald Trump, I'm a huge fan of his. I don't always agree with what he says and how he does things, but that's right. okay too. You know, people that I, I like—I actually like people I don't agree with sometimes because they make you think, um, and they make you think bigger than than you would if you agreed with everything they said. Right? The world needs right. more leaders, less followers. Right. Um, so I really I love that, and I think that it's that it's a pretty powerful. So here's one of my other questions. I've only got a couple more, and then we'll wrap up. Um, what would you say to your younger you? Is this on your list? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's one I threw in. <laughs> um, because I thought about it the other day. It's like if you if you could go back to when you just go back to when you were starting your real estate, your you know, your mortgage business, or even go back to like when you're 22 and you just think, oh my gosh, you know things are. <laughs> What would what would you say to you? Um, I think I'd say a couple things. One would be you're going to be amazingly successful. Don't ask me how. Just believe it. Um, and, you know, think think about how that would change your world if you knew no matter what you do, you, you know, you're going to be amazingly successful. You would just approach life like I can't fail, Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and I would also say, tell myself, be patient, take risks, you know, and uh, don't quit. Because I think what um, you regret when you quit more than you know than failing. Yeah, I you agree. Know, with that. Quitting, quitting is pain is temporary. Quitting is forever. And <laughs> yeah. the things that I I quit are. I carry with me longer than the things that were just painful at the time. That's awesome. So here, here's another one. Um, what do you think that your 11 years in the Navy taught you? What, what, what do you think the greatest lessons from that were? Um, you know, as simplistic as it sounds, show up. Oh, I like that. You don't have a choice, right? You, you have to be there. You can't – if you're – the thing about the Navy is if you're sick, you have to come in so they can confirm you're sick. You don't get to call in sick. Right. You, you never get to be late, ever. Two minutes late you, you will destroy your career. So right. most of life, most of the success that I've had has just been simply being where I say I'm going to be. Yeah. And so it's not that difficult. I mean, it's just, hey, you know, because you never know where that opportunity is going to come. And um, 
I mean, I'm punctual to a fault. I mean, and I'm a, I am I am a man of my word to a fault, and I look out for others to a fault. But um, I'm always where I'm supposed to be. I'm always where I say I'm going to be. Yeah. You know, and I, I, a lot of agents, you know, I, I remember being in this office and uh, someone was you know, at, kind of asked that question, well, how do I stay motivated? How do I, you know, what do I do to stay motivated? And, you know, what can I change? I go, well, first of all, show up. You're never here, right? right? You're never in the office. You always have life going on. And look at your checkbook. If you like that number, go home. If you don't, show up. Oh, Double. I love that. There's another little tweetable for us. I like that. <laughs> yeah, my favorite book is uh, Do the Work by Stephen right. Pressfield. Yeah, and it's just a short little simple book. But I think that that is huge as well. You know, it's like, look, show up and do the work. If you just do, eventually <laughs> things will come through. You know, yeah. things will continue to move forward. Yeah, do what you so, love to do. Don't do, try to do what everyone else wants you to do. Oh, exactly. That's the thing I would say to my younger self. Do what you love. The money will come. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So tell us one thing that is working really well for you in your business right now. You know what's working really well for me? Um, I, like I, you know, if you go to my website, you'll notice that I'm the, the attorney's realtor, and I branded myself that way. The biggest thing that I think what happens in real estate and mortgages is that there's so many things that you can do to be, to, that other people have had success at that people get overwhelmed by it, and they, they try to do everything, and they get crappy results, right? A good example is like realtors. Send out just, just sold, just listed poke cards. You know, this agent over here got two listings out of it. And you're like, ooh, I'm going to do it. And you spend $1,000, and you get nothing. Right. Um, for me, you know, I'm a little ADHD, and I, gotta, I get pulled off on these tangents. And what I realize is that, i got to stick to what I do well. What I do well is interacting with other business professionals, such as attorneys and CPAs and financial planners. That's what I'm great at. I don't go consumer direct. I'm not doing just sold, just listed mailers. I'm not farming areas. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm taking a little of my experience from as a mortgage guy of, hey, you, if you're helping someone on a loan, there's usually two agents on that transaction. Try to wow them both. Right. Well, it's the same with the divorce, right? If you're representing one person in a divorce, there's a husband and he's got an attorney or vice versa. Now you've got two people to market to. Right. Um, and that seems to be working well for me. Um, besides my letter from the heart, you know, thank you, Joe Stump, and evidence of success, which I send out religiously every month, um, I delegate what I hate. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm consistent as far as, I am scheduled to go out and make calls every single week, and I'm trying. I'm always trying to add more attorneys, increase my LinkedIn, increase my Yelp reviews, increase my Google reviews, increase my database. You know, I love um, when I went to your website to check it out um, in my research. I loved that you call yourself the attorney's uh, real estate agent because what I've found, I agree with you, is that. Um, too many agents and business owners in general try to do too many things. And what I've found, there's a great little line that says, get rich in your niche, is choose mm -hmm. a niche. Yeah. And when you choose that niche, then people now know that's who you are. Like a great example is, um, you actually know her, Liz Baeza. Yeah. And she has marketed herself as the reverse loan officer. She knows right. reverse loans inside and out. 
Now, I know that she can do other loans, regular loans, but Mm -hmm. if somebody starts talking about a reverse mortgage, I instantly think of Liz. Right. She's the first person I think of. And if I were thinking of, if I were an attorney and I were looking for a realtor and I saw that all you did was deal with attorneys, I would go to you. Right. (laughs) So I think when people try to do too many different things is when their business gets diluted. So I think that it's brilliant that you have branded yourself that way. And I just think it's it's one of the best things I've seen you do. So it's really impressive because that's all people will think about. And that's what you do. You deal with attorneys. That's what you do. Well, you, and people you'd be get, amazed at how much get, uh, negative feedback I got from that, though. Really? From who? Well, from, from my peers, right? Because they're like, well, you know, what if someone wants to sell a house with you? What if da-da-da? And I'm like, <laughs> I, am consu- I am not consumer direct. I am business to business. I work with attorneys. Yes, there may be somebody who has a house they want to sell, and they're going to go to my website and say, well, he only works with attorneys. Okay. Right. You know, but you can't – you're not going to please everyone, ever. Yeah. And And so, you know – yeah, I, I think that that branding has really helped me. It's really opened doors for me. Um, and, you know, like I think of my buddy Zeeshan, who was the condo king. Yeah, I, I still remember him that way, exactly. You know, but he had a thing. He goes, you know, I'm the thing that you and I have in common is that we are volume producers, right? There are, there are I remember back in the day, there's this gal who, you guys have a master's club up in Sacramento. We don't have that down here. Um, she made masters, which I think at the time you had to sell like $2 million in real estate, which was a lot mm-hmm. back then when we were doing fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 houses, right? Right. Um, she double ended a transaction and was on the master's board or made masters. <laughs> and I was like, right. really? Yeah. But she never made it again after that. Right. Because she did one, one transaction. Shot <laughs> one shot wonder, right? Where you get, you know, what I like about Z, Sean, and you and I do this, is that he was like, you know, I'm just going to do a bunch of volume. And he was doing $70,000 deals, just like you, right? You're boom, 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 doing a bunch of them. And then, you know, those values go up. And you're still doing five deals a month, and you're still doing five deals a month. But now, instead of them being $80,000 or $100,000 deals, or two, three, four, five hundred, all of a sudden you're making, you know, $600,000, $700,000 a year. Yeah, I, I keep saying I'm going to just start flying to Carlsbad once a month and sell a house down there. Or the average what. sales price is what nine hundred thousand or something crazy. Not, well, not mine. My I think my average. I did sixty two transactions last year for twenty. I was just shy of twenty one million dollars. Um, so here's here's the other end of that, Vince. I did a hundred and eight deals last year, and my volume was just under twenty one million. <laughs> so I still had to do double the transactions that you did to to. Uh, but I have to tell you, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed that your first, you know, three, four years in real estate, you've, uh, you've just about outdone your sister. So pretty proud of that. Yeah, but I'm, you still kick my butt up there in volume. The numbers, <laughs> the, 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 the volume will come with the numbers. Yeah, that's true. Well, do you have any questions for me? No. I, you know, it, well, we talk all the time, so, I, you know, I kind of have the inside scoop and everything like that. I guess what I would ask you is um, – What's next for Marguerite Crispello? Well, I'll tell you what's next for me is that, um, you know, I've been in real estate now 20 years, and um, as much as I love the day-to-day production and I still love real estate, what I my true calling is and what I love more is really training and coaching and, and leading into that direction. So I'm really excited um, to be building a training and marketing company, and you're my first first person on my podcast. And, and I'm honored. Um, 
And I'm really excited to do that, to do a lot more training and coaching and, and helping you know, real estate agents and, and business people in general learn to be their own version of success and kind of creating that balance. I think that um, entrepreneurs and salespeople as a whole uh, seem to be incredibly successful in business but really struggle in their personal lives, you know, high divorce rates, high, uh, high kid issues, and a number of other things. So if I can help contribute to that in any way, that's, that's my calling, and that's what my hope is to do over the next few years. Now that my kids are almost gone, 17 and 19, my son is graduating here, that i got to find something to do with my life other than kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be there for it. Absolutely. Well, Vince, thanks again for taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, Again, I'm really honored to have you on this first call, and I'm really, really proud of you. And thank you you very much for your time. My pleasure. All right. Have a great day. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.